When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Back out to smart. Fakes the pass all the time. Three. Bang! Gets Williams straight. Mobs it up for Robert Williams. Should he go? Jalen Brown. Tatum. Durant, the long reach. Tatum, crossover, pull-up jumper. Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. It is the last day of the offseason. Congrats, everyone. We did it. The Celtics play their first preseason game tomorrow. But in the meantime, we're kind of wrapping up the offseason here. We're going to get to the primary takeaways from media day and training camp. We're also debuting a number of new segments. And of course, we will honor the people of Celtics Reddit with the Celtics Reddit recap. Joining us for all of that and more, Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. Jackson, how you doing, sir? I'm great, mate. I'm very fresh and awake and, and, and feeling full of energy. How about you, Ben? I am not same? doing so well. I'm very envious of you <laughs> no? right now. Um, we'll get into that, but it was the NRL grand final last night. Jackson somehow made it through unscathed and is uh, very fresh and ready to go. Um, I am very hungover, let's just be honest. But we're going to get through this podcast, and we're very excited with the, the energy of the upcoming preseason game tomorrow. Uh, we're also very excited to introduce... Uh, Wayne Spoonie again, the original content goat himself, uh, back fresh from a vacation, I believe. Wayne Spoonie, how you doing, sir? I'm doing excellent. Uh, can I just say it was a joy to wake up with my son at about 6.30 a.m. to uh, peek behind the curtain. We have a Slack that we all communicate on, and it was like 30 messages about rugby, none of which made any sense <laughs> to me. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that's the way that you got to digest the uh, the NRL Grand Final. We, um, we might we may even educate you further on this topic. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, we've see. got something yeah. very exciting in that regard coming up. Um, look, in the meantime, let's just get into it. We've finally been blessed with a, a heavy dose of content out of media day and out of training camp. Jackson, we'll start with you. What's What's been the big takeaway from you? Jalen Brown's cornrows is probably number one. Huge news. <laughs> the Nike swoosh on the the Celtics jersey, I think on all NBA jerseys, is now iridescent, so it looks nice and cool. The Vistaprint logo, I'm not <laughs> I'm not digging it too much. I mean, I, I didn't dig the last one, but at least it was like a symbol. Now it's just like, there's just words and there's just letters everywhere on the Celtics jersey. So now I'm a little bit like, I don't know about that. But as far as like actual real basketball takeaways are concerned, um... <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, the vibe seems to be good. It seems to be a bit of positivity about, I think that probably is inherent when you've got a new coach, sort of a new front office. It's kind of a bit of a new era as well, too. So I think, you know, you can tell the players are excited and, and looking forward to getting into it, you know, as they all um, said many a time. But um, 
No, there wasn't a great deal of takeaways that I could see other than Jalen's hair. That's what I'm most excited about, probably. Huge. That's huge stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love how the majority of the takeaways are like entirely aesthetic. And I mean, just if anything, that just says, you know, everything we need to know about Media yeah. Day and training camp is like all these guys are just going to say what they are trained to say. And it's very difficult to actually glean anything of substance away from any of this. But with that said, Spoonie, are there any takeaways from your point of view? Uh, well, just kind of generally to that point, the fluff quotes are so maddening and infuriating and people <laughs> eat them up, right? It's like Emudoka is like, we're going to pass more. Every single coach in the NBA is saying that right now. We want to move the ball. We don't want to play ISO basketball. So I'm taking nothing away from those quotes, Eam. I'm still skeptical and I'm still <laughs> scared that we don't have Brad Stevens this year. You don't think he's the coach of the year candidate based on that quote alone? I, you know, actually, I, we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> I may be going back on what <laughs> I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I guess the, the biggest surprise for me is how uh, heavily Al, Al Horford is featured. And like scrolling mm. through Celtics Reddit, just trying to prepare content for this podcast, felt like Al Horford's name is sort of popping up. Um, very regularly and like thinking back to the Kemba Walker trade it was more about getting rid of Kemba Walker than it was about bringing in Al Horford which I guess is what makes the the presence of Al Horford's name in, in the media so surprising but to, to run through like a quick summary of just like the first two pages of Celtics Reddit if you sort by top post of the week the Boston Globe article by Adam Himmelsbach about how Horford feels like he quote never left Boston which is interesting because I think like I feel like he totally left Boston absolutely it was sorely missed that whole time uh, Emi Odoka said Al Horford is making, quote, a huge case to start, which I don't think any of us expected going into to training camp. Jalen Brown says Al Horford has his vote for team captain. Odoka said the Celtics will utilize Al Horford's playmaking and will run the offense through Horford. He also mentioned that the team will try and put a guard on Horford, or teams will try and put a guard on Horford, uh, and that they'll take advantage of it, and that um, that was something that Philadelphia didn't do enough. Also, Jay King tweeted that it sure sounds like a Horford-Williams starting front court is under consideration, which, based on what we saw last year, uh, is a little bit terrifying. And uh, I was looking at the basketball index page um, just on that because, um, and if, if you're listening, you're going to have to look at the, the YouTube version of this podcast to see what we're talking about here. Basketball index is a great online resource for, for data and statistics, and they have a, a lineup comparison tool. So I put in last year's double big starting lineup, Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson, the notable bigs there, and compared that to what, statistically based on last year, what Horford and Williams as a starting double big lineup might look like. There's a couple of notable uh, disparities in the stats here, um, particularly spacing, which has been a huge theme for how we discuss what success looks like for the Jays um, and the the spacing, I guess, percentage for the double big lineup with Horford and Williams is very much more uh, in favor of them. Finishing at the rim, uh, playmaking, really just in almost every noticeable statistic, Horford and Williams as a double big lineup is going to be much more successful, um, which really just goes to say that Horford and Williams are just much better players than, than Tice and, um, and Tristan Thompson there. But uh, a lot of Al Horford... Really, I guess is the main takeaway there. But any any thoughts from from you guys as to what that double big lineup might potentially look like? It looked similarish to me until you look at it a little bit further. But um, I mean, just my my feeling is that I'm I'm way more excited about Horford and Williams for 
you know, for their strengths than Tice and um, Tristan Thompson would. I don't think they were very complementary towards each other. I think there might be an element where that could work with Holford and, and Williams, but um, it's, I don't know. It's it's going to be still situational, and we still don't know exactly what his lineups are going to look like. I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of experimentation, you know, starting tomorrow and over the next week or so, but um, I hope we don't rely on that lineup too much. Just a feeling, just a feeling. I just don't think it's, yeah. I just don't think it's really the way. I, I totally yeah. agree. I think the thing about it, that I don't love is to your point, Jackson, it'll probably work, but that's because all five of those guys are really good at basketball. Uh, it's not optimal though, right? Al's a great shooter for a center. He's not a very good shooter for a four uh, and Rob's switchable for a center. He's not particularly switchable for a four. So you're basically taking what makes them unique and really good at playing center and neutering it by making them play out of position. So I don't love it, but I do think there's definitely matchups what will be useful. And I, I just think, like, we're really going to do this again. It's definitely a better lineup than <laughs> Tr- Tristan Thompson. You know what that chart showed me, Ben? He was dog shit last year. I yeah. mean, he's like red <laughs> in every statistic. God, he was terrible. So it's going to be better than last year's double big lineup, but I still only want to see it deployed when it absolutely has to against like teams like the Pacers who play Turner and Sabonis. It's time for another new segment, Culture Shock. Now, being the only true global slash international Celtics podcasting enterprise, we're uniquely positioned here to be able to share and even shock each other with some content from our corners of the globe. So the idea with this segment is for the Aussie and New Zealand lads to present some uniquely Antipodean content with, with the American guys and see how they react to it. And likely the Americans will respond in kind in a few weeks' time, and so on and so forth. And with that, notable Australian Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives, is going to share, or going to get us started here, rather. Notable American Wayne Spoonie is here to react. Jackson, what have you got for us? Spoonie, can you, in fact, confirm you are American? I can indeed, yes. Uh, Do I need to get my birth certificate like Obama did? (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys get that? All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh Good. shit. Um, all right. So you you're obviously you obviously appreciate a fine competitive affair. Um, so we had last night uh, one of the one of the more popular codes of Australian uh, sport uh, rugby league had their grand final. Uh, two teams from Sydney uh, played in Brisbane because uh, Sydney is completely in lockdown. So they had to shift the grand final up to play. And we are going to show you some highlights of that game. What I would like you to do without knowing any of the rules or knowing what's going on, do your best to talk us through and commentate what you're seeing here. This is the pinnacle of Australian rugby league when we'd we'd land there like you to, to give us your take on it. All right, here we go. Oh, man, they're hugging it out. I'm imagining the black team is trying to run it past the line. Yeah. And he he, can... He he dropped his lollies a bit there. He can fumble it on purpose. Oh, he kicks a field goal. That's three points, right? It's a penalty. They fumble it it illegally and you get to to have a shot. You get to have a field goal, basically. And it's called a penalty? Yeah. Here's a few good laterals. So you can only pass backwards. That's right. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, that guy's a beast. So once you tackle him, what happens? It's just the other team's ball? Basically, if you get tackled, you you know how the sender will hike the ball to the quarterback, but you all have to huddle and line up and shit. It's basically just the impromptu version. Like you get up and you just roll it between your legs. The next person picks it up and you're away. 
So and you get and you get you get six of them before you have to give the ball back. So yes. try and get it. All right, in. so you get yeah. six tackle and hikes <laughs> before you have to give the ball back to the other team. And if you intentionally right. fumble, you kick a field goal, and it's called a penalty. You were like doing so well until that last. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I, was, I was almost like he's got it, he's got it, and then no, <laughs> uh, nailed it. So. So what's what's the comprehension rate there? You know, if a scale of one to ten, how much of an idea did you have of what was going on in that clip? Uh, so I I give it like a four. Uh, I generally I don't know the difference between rugby and rugby rugby union. Are there different rules? Subtle subtle differences. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know how I'd explain it. Um, from, uh, it's easy for me to say from the part of the world that I'm from that one is good and one is bad. Joe, being a New Zealander, might feel differently about that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is the first segment of Culture Shock. We've got a lot of footy. We've got a lot of cricket to get to throughout the year to, to baffle you with Spoonie. So um, I think oh, you did man. surprisingly good well there. It seemed like you were following the, the game pretty well. Very intuitive. <laughs> There's men hugging. Yeah, I really nailed it with the analysis. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the Boston Celtics Reddit Recap. Thank you, Space Ghost. It is indeed time for the Celtics Reddit recap. And we're going to start here with a post from user Wallando Boom, who says, I think people are sleeping on the Celtics. And they go on to write, it feels like since the Kemba and Horford swap, people pegged the Celtics as the sixth or the seventh seed. We then added Cantor, Richardson, Schroeder, and Hernan Gomez, but people haven't adjusted their expectations accordingly. The team struggled last year, getting consistent production out of their top three to four players, and then added three to four vets who play at least a rotation player level. We didn't add an all-star, but we addressed our biggest weakness, which is consistency outside of our top guys. Nobody has really adjusted their expectations for us, so I think that we're getting slept on. Uh, Spoonie, we'll throw to you first. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Do you agree that people are maybe sleeping on the Celtics? Yeah, I absolutely think so. Um, look... Our most played together lineup last year played 131 minutes and Daniel Tice was on it. And they played like 70 of those minutes, 70% of those minutes in a two week time period. I mean, we just had absolutely zero lineup consistency. Kemba was bad, like bad until, I don't know, late April when he had like a few good games to end the season. So I think he's kind of a, addition by subtraction and i think the what's coming out of camp about horford all sounds great uh especially with rob being so creaky with injuries uh it's we need a good backup center much more than other teams do i think uh and last year we had tristan thompson who as we've already covered is not good uh so I, I do think so. I just think the depth and just having like professionals like that aren't semi ogile to come in like Richardson and Schroeder um, and even Hernan Gomez to a lesser extent. I mean, these guys have played a lot of NBA basketball as compared to last year's team, which did get murdered by injuries and COVID. Um, but I, I just think we're just in a much better spot to have a successful uh, regular season. Hmm. Two guys you didn't mention their spoons also, Peyton Pritchard and Naismith, which I mean, I know it's only summer league and I know it ended badly, but like the sample size we got of that was was really impressive, right? So if they can contribute towards the overall, you know, position of the team or the finishing the place of the team, then we're definitely going to be the higher end of the Eastern Conference. I'm just, I'm personally, yes, you could say I'm one of those people who are still technically sleeping. I'm just trying to manage expectations, not trying to get myself too carried away. I have us about fourth or fifth 
to be honest. I think one thing, sorry to hijack this conversation a little bit. I think I actually am a little bit worried about Philly. I know they're going through a lot of shit right now and they have the big elephant in the room that is Simmons. I just think that might supercharge Embiid, unfortunately, like more so than he was last year. Um, but again, the body's still got to keep up. So I think you yeah. could probably say, at least in my opinion, there are three teams that are better than us in a better position to succeed than us. But oh, for sure, I think we're better than people are giving us credit for as well. Yeah, I mean, Celtics fan says that people are sleeping on their team. Like, there's, there's nothing necessarily new I here. Like, I obviously also agree that people are sleeping on us. Uh, for, for Spoonie's bet for the Celtics to meet the Nets in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals to come true. But yeah, of course people are sleeping on the Celtics. I, I definitely think... Um, this, I mean, and a lot of these factors apply to other teams, but there's so much going for the Celtics this year that wasn't the case a year ago. Just the fact that we're having a media day, like a chance for the, the players to bond, a training camp, a, a chance for the coaching staff and the players to bond and actually formulate a strategy long term. Um, people looked at the Kemba Walker trade as the the departure of Kemba, but it's really addition by subtraction in that we don't have this defensive void on the court that we're sort of contractually obliged to play given that his contract suggests that he's he should be awarded with um adequate playing time but no longer an issue and when we get back a much better defender and, and probably locker room presence in, in al horford as well that there's so much going into why our expectations should actually be higher for this team this year as opposed to a year ago um jackson you mentioned um pritchard and neesmith there's a comment from mondo movie guys in the thread they say, I also expect bigger and better things from Pritchard and Neesmith. We know Tatum and Brown are exceptional players and they can still improve. But what I'm going to be watching for is who our third and fourth best players turn out to be and how good they are this year. Uh, we need more than two real scoring options to be competitive. This obviously feeds back into the uh, recently plagiarized Start Neesmith manifesto. Um, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see who, who, who emerges in those roles and I think what's been celebrated about Brad Stevens' offseason so far is that he's brought in a lot of guys who can now actively audition for those roles um, and who are, you know, between the, the group of them, um, likely to, to be able to take on that role. At least one of them should emerge to be uh, a useful player there. So, yeah, folks are sleeping on the Celtics. And uh, from tomorrow, preseason starts. We can stop sleeping. We can wake up and, and start to formulate some um, realistic expectations and... Um, completely overreact to the uh, preseason game against the Orlando Magic. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Uh, Sh- <laughs> also, can I just say, Schroeder's really good. I think people are not talking about... I think he's as good as Fournier, uh, or or very close, because at least he can guard. In his role, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, I just wanted to add that. <laughs> no, totally. Um, anything else on that, Jackson, before we move on? Not really. I think everyone summed it up nicely. Absolutely. People are sleeping on the Celtics, folks. You heard it here. Second. Um, <laughs> 20. Moving on to another post by, yeah, by user postmoves1700. They say, gonna use my cake day opportunity to shit on the Celtics media team. Unreal disrespect on the Celtics Instagram to Michael Petrus. <laughs> They've been counting down the days until the season with people's jersey numbers. And on 28 days, they left completely ignored. Uh, they've completely ignored Michael Petrus. Absolutely unreal. Um, Spoons, I'll throw to you first. Like, uh, obviously, a huge diss on Michael Petrus here, but just uh, sort of a, a comment on the on the Celtics social media team in general. Uh, and and one one note about Petrus or Petrus is if you're a hardcore listener of this podcast, you may remember that that was a question who our only French player pr- prior to Evan Fournier <laughs> was, and it was Michael Petrus. Right. Um, I have a very brief rant. 
I absolutely despise more than anything these bullshit close-ups that like they put out this video it's like camp day two and it's like close-ups of their limbs moving and then like hard and fast (laughs) cuts of like a dribble move but you can barely tell who it is like i would rather no content at all than like Aaron Smith's face as he shoots a jump shot and then it cuts to tatum dribbling (laughs) and passing and it's like a minute 25 of just huge close-ups fast smash cuts and then it's over like, give me nothing. Like, I, I, that 30-second clip that I think Jay King posted of showing, like, two runs up and down the court, I'd, I, you can't give me that every practice? I, that's all I need? Like, I just need to see actual basketball being played, not Aaron Neesmith's nostrils as he shoots a jump shot. So please stop, <laughs> Celtics media team. I can't take it. Because I'll watch them. I know that I'm like a, sounds like a heroin addict, complaining that the methadone clinic doesn't open soon enough or something, but because <laughs> I'm going to watch it, you know, but stop doing this to me. That's all I ask. Absolutely. What do you reckon, yeah. Jackson? Yeah, it reeks a bit of like content for content's sake, which it should never be, it should yeah. never be the, um, the, the directive of anyone putting content out. It should be thoughtful. It should give it off. I wonder if there's some sort of restrictions that the, the, the coaching staff puts on the media team or the organization. There's an understanding that you're not going to show Jason Tatum working on his new move. We want to kind of keep that under wraps or a X, Y, Z. Sometimes I just wonder, like, maybe they had something really cool, like would good to go. Like they interviewed and they had audio and stuff like that. And it was the guy's second day there and he forgot to press record on the mic or whatever. So it's like, all that shit's ruined. It's like, well, you've got to come up with a 15 second video to sort this shit out now. It's like, ah, uh, okay. Uh, so we've got a close up of a, of a weight room. And then we've got Jalen doing that. And then, yeah, the, the Naismith nostrils. So it, it could have been an element of that. But, um, yeah, 20, it was 28. Yeah. Beatrice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Who do they have? Do they have RJ Hunter instead? I think they did. Because that's the only 28 I can think of. Yeah. I think they I did mean, have RJ. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Celtics. Great. That is hugely disrespectful. Absolutely. Two uh, times and- Celtic. <laughs> People forget. (laughs) (laughs) Myself included. He Um, he joined for like the last two weeks of a season a year or two ago. (laughs) A a Reddit user on the post rightfully calls out that this Reddit user is called Brian Scalawini. um, That (laughs) that post move 1700, yeah, like also disrespected Mikhail Petrus by writing his name as Michael Petrus, which is just obviously incorrect. And so the disrespect continues there. but on the social media side of things, yeah, it does seem that like almost every other team, I think most notably like the Sacramento Kings, that there's definitely uh, a relationship between bad teams and good social media teams. It seems like like you can't have both of them at once. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's content out there. These guys are are there training, talking, existing, and like we want to see all of those things. And we shouldn't have to judge whether or not a shot went in based on the reaction of a player's <laughs> face, right. like. I should at least be able to hear the net snap, uh, let alone see it. So there's a lot to be desired there um, with the social media team. Um, Brad Stevens, if you're listening, we're pretty media savvy. If you need some, you know, fresh, you know, obviously you've cleaned house there with the roster at the coaching staff. <laughs> Do the same with the social media team. We're here. Um, and Jackson, you mentioned um, technical glitches. We've had quite a few on this particular podcast. Hopefully, if you're listening and that comes as a surprise to you, it means that we did a good job cleaning it up. Um, but we're very capable in, in that sense as well. 
Um, guys, I think we've gotten to everything we want to get to today. Um, is there anything else that you want to touch on before we wrap this one up? <laughs> Not particularly, no. <laughs> I was going to say, this, any, any take I have now could be completely nullified by the result of the, uh, the preseason game tomorrow. So, no, I'm just keen for it to start. I'm just keen for us to start overanalyzing preseason games. It's going to be great. I, I've been whispering to myself uh, before bed, don't overreact. Don't overreact. <laughs> I'm going to overreact. But damn oh, yeah. it, I'm going to tell myself I'm not going to until that final buzzer sounds in the first game. But I'm just really, really damn excited to have some new basketball to talk at, talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, and we're all going to overreact, and hopefully we get most of that on, on film and in audio uh, as well. Look, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you for listening. Remember that if you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod, and most importantly, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Thank you to Jackson and Wayne Spoonie for coming on. We'll be back in a couple of days to wrap up the first preseason game. Until then, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.